Okay, we are officially recording. All right. Uh, so what did you do today? What did I do today? Um, me and Ansley went to Lowe's and we went to Oh Charlie's and ate lunch. Went to Lowe's for my usual weekend purchase of a bunch of houseplants. <laughs> for your jungle. <laughs> for my jungle. I've probably got 60 houseplants, no joke. I'm the crazy plant lady. There are plants everywhere in here. You feel like you can breathe. Literally, yep. Oxygen is so clear. <laughs> it's important. Like, really, though, like every time I go into a house that has a lot of plants, I feel yeah. like the air in the house is better. It really is. Is that like a proven science? Yeah, it, it is really is. Yes, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, you've never seen like on the side of plants, like, you know, purify the air. Like Yeah, but I always take it like. No, like it's a legit thing. Yeah. I wish I could have plants. I feel like I just walk in my house and I'm like. <sighs> it really does. And like your house is never humid. Yeah. Like, you know how uh, it, well, in Georgia, it's yeah. humid all the time. And right. outside you feel like you're inhaling Ugh. water constantly. Yeah. But uh, in Brooke's house, it really <laughs> it does feels feel like a freezer. <laughs> it, it does feel like a freezer. It's like 56 degrees in here. <laughs> and all of her plants are blooming and healthy and you can breathe. And it feels like, yeah. I don't like the purest air ever. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Yep, so more plants today, which is a bit of a problem, but hey, I mean, I guess it could be crack, so. <laughs> I mean, plants are better than crack, I guess, right? At least right? you're not doing crack. <laughs> Next time Aaron says, why are you bringing more plants out? I'll be like, at least it's not crack. I mean, well, I think know? plants are a better hobby than crack. Absolutely. I'm no expert. I don't really know. <laughs> I don't have a single alive plant in my house. They're all fake. <laughs> Every single one of them are fake. Oh, man. That's because Titus can't <laughs> destroy them. Yeah. I hung out with your mom today Yeah. for a while. How was that? It was good. Yeah. Um, well, actually, she spent the night with us last night. I know. Yeah, she texted me last night. She was at my house when oh. we were out running errands, and then she texted and said, going to Scotty's. I'm like, okay. Yeah, because uh, yesterday, this is actually super adorable. I think you'll like it. Oh. So um, I knew your mom was coming to my house today, mm-hmm. but yesterday, um, I never once said her name. I never once mentioned her to Titus, nothing. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Titus just keeps saying, uh, he's trying to say Grammy because that's what he calls Brooke's mom, but mm-hmm. uh, he kept saying Nanny. Hmm. And we were like, what are you saying? Nanny. Like, we have no idea what he was saying. And he said it so many times. Aww. And we were like, uh, Bendy? Yeah. Siren Head? What are you <laughs> saying? And um, eventually Scotty was like, Grammy? Yeah. And he was like, this. Aww. And we were like, you want to see Grammy? And he ran to the door and uh, he kept saying grammy or nanny and bye-bye so he i think he wanted us to uh go to the lake with her (laughs) oh mom's gonna die if he starts calling her nanny (laughs) he already is (laughs) i love it yeah and so um we i texted your mom a video of him saying it and i'll show that video to you later but um he just kept on doing it like the rest of the day he kept doing it and so me and scotty and titus left to go get mexican food yeah and while we're driving, he's going, nanny, nanny, nanny. And Aww. we're like, you want to see Grammy so bad. Aww. So Scotty called your mom and uh, he was like, uh, 
trying to get him to say it but you know he gets so shy when there's yeah. a phone involved and so she was like okay i'll come and see you oh i didn't know what the reasoning was i was just like okay it's well. literally because <laughs> titus was asking for her all oh, day long that's so sweet I, I seriously do think that that's super sweet yes i he love it her. but then of course you know when she gets there he doesn't care <laughs> right he's running around the house and... literally when he when she got there he's running around the house he's flipping over stuff he's he being, was trying to show off he was being absolutely crazy he, he threw um you know that like robot snake he has yeah he literally threw that at her and oh she was God. like uh okay hi <laughs> good to see ya oh <sighs> yeah but he was excited so sweet well i guess we should get into the podcast huh all right what are you doing today <laughs> podcast wise <laughs> uh, well, i'm like you want to hear again i mean i went to lowe's and no charlie's so. um, what is your episode about all right so today i am covering andrea yates um, this is episode two, part one, by the way. Um, probably a case you're not super familiar with, Alyssa. This was kind of before your time. Well, yeah. I mean, you were a little child. I was probably about 15 when this happened. So, so. I was five. Yeah. <laughs> I still remember it pretty clearly. It's always been one of those cases that kind of, you know, stays mm-hmm. in your head. But uh, yeah. Just so you guys know, also, we don't really tell each other what we're doing. Right. It's we, always a cool surprise. And that kind of makes it more fun for us. I think so, too. Because also, if we were to tell each other, I would be so curious about it that I might end up Googling something. Right. Exactly. So. <laughs> so yeah, Andrea Yates. Um, Andrea Pia Kennedy was born in Houston, Texas, July 2nd, 1964. Um, she was the youngest of five children. Andrea had a history of mental illness and struggled with bulimia and depression as a teenager. Um, she also confided in a friend, um, you know, when she was a teen about thoughts of suicide. Oh, yeah. Um, Andrea graduated as the class valedictorian in 1982. That's surprising considering how much issues she had. Yeah, she had some issues, but she was obviously super, super smart. Very intelligent. So, very smart woman. Um, She studied nursing at the University of Houston after graduating high school. So, um, she did become an RN, um, and from 86 to 94, she worked as a registered nurse at a cancer center. What is the difference between, like, an RN and, like, a charged nurse? Um, I want to say they're, they're both RNs. An RN is a registered nurse. So, I mean, that's a at least a four-year degree. Um, that's what my non all is. So, an RN? Yeah. Oh, okay. An RN. Um, so, they're the like, same thing? Yeah, <laughs> okay. I, think, I, I guess so, yeah. I don't really, like, charge nurse, I guess, is just, like, a hospital term for, like, what that particular nurse does. Gotcha. Um, so, anyway, um, yeah, so from 86 to 94, 94, she worked as a registered nurse at a cancer center in Texas. Um, Andrea met the man that she would later marry in the summer of 1989. Um, they lived at the same apartment complex. How lucky. Right? Um, Rusty is, is this particular man, her future husband, um, who basically was enamored with Andrea from the first time he saw her. Um, basically thought, like, she was way out of his league type thing. Um, but from what I remember, I believe she kind of made the first attempt. So Yeah, well, I mean, if she was too good for him, I don't see him <laughs> going yeah. for it first. Right. Um, they did eventually marry, and that was in April of 1993. So... You said she was born in the six. She was born in 64. 64. So what, she was 29? 
Yeah. Yeah. Not quite 28, 29. Still in her late 20s. Yeah. yeah. So she did her thing, went to college. I'm sure he did too because he actually worked for NASA. Oh, so they did the it the, the right way. The right way. <laughs> the right way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Went to school, got their educations, you know. And you said he worked for NASA? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I was going to say probably anybody smarter than you is out of your league, but I mean, if you work for NASA, I feel right, like you're right. going to be pretty intelligent. Yeah. So they're both very intelligent people. Right. Um, they were also both extremely religious. So I, you know, I find that weird because I feel like typically like very intelligent people don't, they lean more towards like the scientific side. Yeah. And not a higher power. That's, that's an interesting thing to note. I feel. Yeah. So they were both extremely religious. Um, after marriage, they announced to friends and family that they would quote, seek to have as many babies as nature allowed oh my god so y'all please don't do that don't become the next duggars please (laughs) yeah so they were just they wanted to pop them out left and right like they had dreams of having a huge family god not me (sighs) yeah me either no thanks i stopped at one so that was good um and gained a beautiful stepdaughter but all right so um they had their first child. His name was Noah, and he was born in February of 1994. So soon after that, Rusty accepted a job offer in Florida. Okay, so okay. they've got one son. So from Texas to Florida. Mm-hmm. Did he still work for NASA? Uh, I guess so. Maybe just, you know, different location or something. Okay. Um, fast forward a little bit to 1999. This is June of 1999. Um, by this point, they've had their third child. So within a five-year span, three. Wow. Um, I think that's... No, that's not really what my parents did because there's like two... Well, I don't know, maybe. Like, my brother was born in 94. I was born in 96. I mean, I was born in 97. Yeah. And Angela was born in 99, so... Pretty bam, bam, bam. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so they had three children at this time. This was June of 99. Um, third child's name was Paul. Um, at this point, after Paul was born, they moved back to Houston and had purchased a motor home for the family to live in. So it was so three kids and parents living in a motor home. Okay, so very cramped. Yeah, very cramped. (laughs) And especially, was it all boys? Do you know Uh, all three boys? Yeah, all all three Mm -hmm. boys and one motorized vehicle. No, thank you. Yeah, Andrea was a stay-at-home mother too. So imagine. Being in a motorhome with three children, what under four? <laughs> Can I have one kid? Can you imagine? And a house, and I still get claustrophobic and want to leave. Oh and gosh, <laughs> I can't imagine that. Yeah. So she was a housewife. She was a stay-at-home mother. Okay, wait, wait. Let me, let me, let me back up for yeah, a second. Yeah. If she is an RN, and he works for NASA, what are they doing in a motorized home? Um, apparently, something I read that had something to do with. Whoever they were following in their religion at that time thought it would be a good idea for them to, like, minimize and be, like, closer together type thing. So the particular religious figure they were following at that time basically um, suggested that for them. Minimal living. Minimal living, yeah. Not my thing. Yeah. I can't remember what the guy's name was. I really didn't delve too much into him. Um, so, yeah, they're living in a motorhome. Um, she's a housewife, stay-at-home mother. Um, also, also intended on homeschooling her children. So that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Yep. Um, it was around this time that she started showing signs of insanity, um, which, yeah, 
living in a home. Right. <laughs> same. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think I would lose my shit, too. Oh, yeah, same. You know. <clears throat> um, after the birth of their fourth child, Andrea became depressed. What? Uh, I know... I don't really know this case, and I know you were talking to me about something the other day about, is this the same person who uh, the husband wanted a shit ton of kids? Yes. And the wife did not? I, I don't know that she didn't, but she started showing signs of, you know. Like, wanting to not have kids. Well, yeah, and, and I guess probably knowing that she was going insane. Right. You know what I mean? And the husband kept pushing. So do we know if it was the kids that were making her go insane, or if there were She's, other factors? I, I think... Bottom line ended up being like postpartum depression and psychosis. Okay, poor yeah. baby. Which is understandable, popping out kids back to back like that. And You're not giving your body enough time to, to like rest. recalibrate, and yeah, exactly. Goodness, like I mean, it's I had my son four years ago almost, and I still feel like I'm recovering yeah, from absolutely. it. Absolutely, that's tough stuff on a woman, you know. And then to be basically the sole caregiver. And yeah. the teacher yeah. and everything. So. And plus, because she's an RN, I'm sure she's also, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> the doctor. Exactly. So, um, as I said, she became depressed after the fourth child. Um, she attempted suicide twice and was hospitalized each time. So, um, it seems like they should be doing something about that. Exactly. Like, if I was the man and my mm-hmm. wife committed or tried to commit suicide even one time, I'd be like, okay, you need a helper you need something what can i do to help you exactly exactly um the first time she was prescribed an an antidepressant and they didn't work for her um the second time she was given a cocktail of medican medicines including (laughs) haldol never heard of it never heard of it either haldol i guess i'm saying that right which is an antipsychotic (laughs) so that drug seemed to work for her and she immediately improved Good. Yeah. Good, good, good. So everything's fine. Dandia. Dandia. (laughs) Andrea. Medican. (laughs) Medican. (laughs) Everything's fine and dandy. Andrea's doing well. Things have kind of settled. Um, So Rusty then decided to move the family into a small house. He's like, you know, she's kind of stabilized. Let's get the heck out of here. Let's give her some more breathing room. You know. Let's not be in a motorized home with four kids. Exactly. So, um, only a month later, after moving into this new home, Andrea suffered a nervous breakdown. Oh, no. Two suicide attempts and two more hospitalizations. So, the medicine wasn't really working anymore? No. So, um, after her last hospitalization, she was diagnosed with postpartum psychosis. So, what is that exactly? <clears throat> what is postpartum psychosis? Uh, yeah. I guess what it sounds like. <laughs> postpartum depression, but right. what's the psychosis? <clears throat> Um, well, I know, and I, I don't know, I may be getting ahead of myself, but I know I had read something about that she was having some hallucinations, she was seeing things, um, that is hearing things. terrifying. Absolutely. Like, the fact that you can have a kid, and then, I mean, it's already terrifying enough that, like, you're having a kid, yeah. but also you do have to worry about postpartum depression, because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't even... Yeah. realize if someone has it or not yeah. but then postpartum psychosis that's insane that right? just sounds like that's terrifying yeah like i never am having another kid <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't really want one but now i really don't <laughs> so clearly some crazy shit went down um this is kind of getting ahead of myself but andrea's first psychiatrist dr eileen starbranch testified in court 
clearly this, you know, gets a lot deeper because we do end up in court at one point. It is a murder um, podcast. <laughs> yeah. So Eileen Starbranch said that she urged her and Rusty not to have any more kids because it would, quote, guarantee future psychotic depression. Okay. Okay. Um, do they take her advice? Well, <laughs> let's see here. Okay. So against Dr. Starbranch's orders, Rusty and Andrea conceived their fifth and final child. Only Great seven, idea. Yeah. Great idea. Seven weeks after Andrea's hospital discharge. So Okay, what's the thought process? Okay, my wife just tried to commit suicide, but is this like the fourth time now? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, she's been hospitalized four times. Um, a psychiatrist is telling us not to have any more kids. Mm-hmm. So um, the most brilliant and uh, just natural thing to do is have another kid, right? Right, right. right. That makes sense to you? Ugh, awful, awful. I Personally, I feel like the husband should be held accountable for right. for what i mean whatever happens yeah. mm-hmm. so um they can see their final uh, fifth and final child only seven weeks after that discharge andrea stopped taking her medication and in march 2000 she gave birth to baby mary oh i'm sorry she stopped taking her medication in march of 2000 and gave birth to baby mary in november 2000 that was the fifth baby mm-hmm. fifth baby why did she stop taking your medicine? Uh, I, I guess to conceive. Good God. Oh yeah. Please oh. don't do that. Please, mm. please, please. Take Just... your medication. And stop at two kids. Listen to your doctor. <laughs> yeah, <no? laughs> Andrea seemed to have it pretty together after the birth of Mary. Um, and then she started... Uh, watching uh, along with the five children started she became the caregiver of her mm-hmm. father who oh, no. was ill and oh, um, no. had dementia oh no father died march 12th 2001 i wonder how she felt about that i feel like a part of her may have had to felt a little bit of relief not, right right you know what i mean like, I like have somebody here to can i talk to and... well no not even that but like what i mean is like I'm sure she was sad that her father died, but now that she doesn't have that extra responsibility, well, she might feel a little relief. Uh, let's see here. Peek. So dad died um, basically in her care, you know. Um, her father's death pulled her into such a dark place. Okay, so the exact opposite. opposite. Okay. <laughs> yes. Which I don't think anybody should have put that on her anyway. Absolutely She was not. already going through enough. But do we know if someone put that on her or if she chose it? I don't know. I mean, did she have, she had siblings, right? Uh, yes, yes, yes. So so any, I'm not sure where they were. I wonder what's going on in their lives because obviously hers is not so pleasant. <sighs> right. So she was pulled into such a dark place after his death that she stopped feeding Mary. She started mutilating herself and obsessively reading the Bible. Things Mm -hmm. are getting really weird. Yeah. She claimed that there were video cameras in the ceiling and that TV characters were talking to her and her children. Well, okay. Mm -hmm. I will say, I'm not going to lie. I'm not diagnosed with anything, but do you ever, like, feel like cameras are watching yes. you? Okay, yes. so that's, okay, pretty like, normal. you feel like you're being watched, like, it's like a movie or something. Yeah, yeah, like, sometimes I really feel like I'll just be sitting there, and I'll, like, go to get dressed or whatever, and I'm just like, what if there's a camera watching me? <laughs> but I feel like that's another one of those, like, intrusive thoughts that we have, you know what yeah, I mean? I hope like, so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think we're psychotic enough to believe, like, oh my god, we're being watched at, you know? I don't, like, I know there's not a camera there, but I'm like, but what, what if? What if? Right, right. What if? 
So, yeah. And TV characters talking to you and your children. Like, that's... That doesn't happen to me, so... Yeah. So, then she was hospitalized again. Yeah. So, what is this, fifth or sixth time? Yeah. I think that's where she needs to be. Absolutely. So, on April 1st, she came under the care of Dr. Muhammad Saeed. I hope I'm saying that correctly. I do not know. Mm -hmm. Um, He treated her and released her. So, here we are into, so that was April 1st, she came under Mohammed Sahid's care, and on May 3rd, 2001, Andrea filled her bathtub in the middle of the day, just randomly at home, fills the bathtub. Everybody's mm-hmm. like, well, that's kind of strange, what are you doing? But, like, didn't get in it? She uh, just filled it? All I read was that she filled it up in the middle of the day. She later confessed to the police though that she had planned to drown her children that day but decided against doing it then. What is that noise? It sounds like thunder. Is it your dogs? It might be. I'm not sure. Or is it thunder? It might be thunder. I can't tell. I don't know. It sounds like it sounds like thunder to me. It probably is. It looks pretty dark out there. But things also sound differently in the headphones. It's a lot louder. Yeah. So, I don't know. Whatever. So, yeah. She filled her bathtub. Later told police that she had planned on drowning her children that day, but decided against it. Um, she was hospitalized again. This poor woman. Yeah. This I mean, poor... Who is... <laughs> I'm wondering who's watching the kids while she's gone. Like, what is Yeah, going on? but, like... Can someone not help her? What year is this? This is 2001. Good grief. So her psychiatrist determined after this hospitalization that Andrew was probably suicidal and filled the bathtub to drown herself. Okay. <laughs> so. Oh, great um, uh, detective work there. Yeah. So um, here we get into the important parts of the story. Um, on the morning of June 20th, 2001, Rusty left for work, leaving Andrea to care for the children alone against the doctor's orders. Doctors were like, somebody needs to be with her around the clock. Like, you can't leave this woman alone, right. you know, much less with your children. Like, I would understand, like, kind of going against that advice if, you know, your wife wasn't thinking about cameras in the ceilings and cartoon characters talking to you and your children and the mutilation and the not feeding the baby and like I could understand being like nothing's gonna happen because she hasn't really she's just depressed Mm -hmm. but if all these things are happening Mm -hmm. yeah um listen listen to your doctor I think Rusty's thought process was like I need to start kind of giving her her independence back you know what I mean like you don't do that when somebody mentally ill yeah as bad off as she was and it's like yeah Mm -hmm. she does need independence because she is like a human being Mm -hmm. and the mother of your child but like (laughs) you have to be wary you have to watch out Mm -hmm. you have to make sure that she's going to be okay and that the kids are going to be okay because personally if something did happen and i went against the doctor's orders i would would never forgive no i would i would carry so much guilt i guess as you know this is some her husband you don't want to think like my wife would harm the children you know what i mean well that's that's exactly what i'm saying it's like i could understand him being like i'm I'm going to leave and go to to work because she's just, de- you know, she just seems depressed and she's mm-hmm. not, you know, actually taking action on the depression. But because she has been, mm-hmm. I feel like it's that's already showing that she can do something horrible. Right. right. <clears throat> well, 
Just to kind of help his situation here a little bit, Rusty had scheduled his mother, Dora Yates, to arrive an hour after he left to take over for Andrea. So he's trying to slowly give her her independence back, you know? like Okay, well, that makes me feel like he's less of a ding-dong. Right. Like, here, you know, an hour, my mom will be here, you know, in an hour to help you out type thing. Like, slowly giving her little bits of time alone, you know? Still was instructed not to do that, but as her husband, you know, I I can kind of understand that. But I guess that, like, life also has to happen, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, he has to go to work. He can't just be at home all the time or they'll lose their only source of income. Exactly. I can see that. Yeah. So, um, Dora Yates, who is Rusty's mother, was scheduled to arrive an hour after he left to take over for Andrea. Mm Mm-hmm. In the space of that hour, Andrea drowned all five of the children in the family's bathtub. That is so heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking for the children, but it's also, it's heartbreaking for the mother, too. Because, like, like, what headspace do you have to be in to kill your own children not just one of them because you would think that like after one of them you'd be like oh my god i probably shouldn't do this yeah but five of them and i feel like she'd have to drown them separately because that's not something that's quick i feel like drowning i have no idea i I I feel like it could be pretty quick well i mean the older children what like they were six seven at the time like they're gonna fight yeah you know The fighting's the thing that I feel like should kick somebody out of that. Like, if your kid is, like, begging for their life, pretty much, you would think that you'd be like, oh, my God. What am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, she started with the three youngest boys. And after drowning them, laid them in her bed. So, drown all three of the youngest boys. Um, she then drowned baby Mary, who was about six months at the time, Mm -hmm. and left her floating in the tub. Why not put her on the bed, too? Don't know. Put the boys in the bed, left the smallest baby in the tub. I wonder if, like, she did that because, I mean, she's also uh, stopped feeding Mary that one time. Maybe she felt like Mary gave her the most grief. Right, you know what I mean? Right. Like, she was the one that was really the... the Pushing. Yeah. Decide, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, get this. The oldest son, Noah, the firstborn, he was seven at the yeah. time. He walks into the bathroom as Mary is in the tub dead and asks his mommy, what's wrong with Mary? And then he just took off running because he's like, whoa, something's not right here. So she drowned four kids? She drowned four, and now this is the fifth, the oldest son. He's the only one still alive at this point. So the three boys and then the baby. Please make it out alive. Please. Um... So, he takes off running. Noah was then forced into the tub by Andrea. Noah desperately fought coming up for air twice, but Andrea held him under until he was dead. Oh, my goodness. These babies, you know. How, that poor son. And like, I cannot, he, can you imagine the terror? Because he is old enough to understand, like, my mom. Is trying to fucking kill just me. Just killed my siblings. Like, and the, I'm next. the last thought process that, like, is going through his mind, like, the last feeling he's having is, like, my mom is trying to kill me. That is. He died knowing that his, his mom. mother killed him. And his other siblings. Ugh. Like, that's a horrible way. To, like, at least, like. Mm-hmm. She could have just done it without him mm-hmm. knowing. Just, mm-hmm. Jesus. 
she then left him floating in the water, the murky water, by the way, because at that point the children had vomited and and pooped and you know all the body fluids were coming out you know when they were yeah left him in the murky water and laid baby mary in her big brother's arms what a psycho oh like what okay that thought process i'm trying to figure out too like why like I'm gonna lay you in your big brother's arm because he's your protector. Like I don't like what was that? Like, uh, you killed him. Yeah. He can't do anything. Yeah. I don't know that part. Just gives me cold chills. Which older brother? Like the one in the water or the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The oldest one. Yeah, Noah, the one that fought. <sighs> so left them. Um, <clears throat> she then called the police, and then she called her husband saying. It's time. Repeatedly. It's time for what? It's time. It's time. It's time is all she would say to Rusty when he answered the phone. Um, I do have a copy of what was said, what she said to the police on the 911 phone call. Oh, God. Okay, so this is what she said to the 911 operator. Mm-hmm. Dispatcher says, what's your name? Andrea Yates. Dispatcher says, what's the problem? Um, I just need him to come. 911 dispatcher says, is your husband there? And she says, no. 911 dispatcher says, well, what's the problem? I need him to come. 911 dispatcher says, I need to know why we're coming, ma'am. Is he standing there next to you? No. She, Andrea says, pardon me? 911 operator says, are you having a disturbance? Are you ill or what? Andrea says, um, yes, I'm ill. Dispatcher says, do you need an ambulance? And she says, no, I need a police officer. Yes, send an ambulance. Dispatcher says, what's the problem? Andrea says, um. Um? Um. Um? Um. You just killed your kids and um? Yeah. Okay. It's like she can't say it, you know. And then the dispatcher says, hello. And Andrea says, I just need a police officer. So, let's see. Let's get to the part where... I feel like if you can kill all five of your kids, um, you should say it to the dispatcher. I just killed my kids. Mm -hmm. Okay, so when the first officer arrived at the home, Andrea's hair and clothes were dripping wet when he came to the door. He asked why she needed the police, to which she replied, I just killed my kids. The officer said she was wide-eyed, almost like in an, in an, in an excited state. Excited? Like yeah. a good kind of excited? Like, yeah, like I just killed my kids. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Creepy. Um, Andrea led the officer to the master bedroom. The carpet in the hall was so wet that it was making squishing sounds. Yeah, because those kids were fighting for their lives. Absolutely. Ugh. Ugh. I could just see it. You I know can what I mean? Too. I can too. <clears throat> the officer was the one that found three of the children in the bed with a white frothy substance coming from their noses and mouths, indicating that their lungs had burst. Wow. Andrea was extremely calm. God. Imagine having to see that sight because Ugh. it's like, I mean, it's disturbing and terrible to see an adult death, but to come in and see, you know, five 
dead children. Mm-hmm. That must be so traumatizing. I read that the officers were crying. Grown men <laughs> yeah. crying. Yeah. I don't doubt it. Andrea told the officers that she drowned her children because she didn't want them to go to hell. Okay. So, now, Rusty's belief is that a combo of antidepressants improperly described by Dr. Saeed is responsible for Andrea's psychotic behavior. Um, You said improperly? Improperly diagnosed. Andrea had been taking 450 milligrams of Effexor, which is twice the recommended daily dose before killing her kids. I knew someone who took that. Effects are, yeah, it's yeah. still a thing. Yeah. That's scary. But taking double the dose. Yeah. Like, what? I don't know. Um, Rusty also made statements to the media that he was never told that she was psychotic, nor that she could harm her children, and said that if he had ever known that, he would have never had more children with her. Didn't the psychiatrist tell say them both not to have more kids, not to leave her alone? Yeah, and he's saying, "I was never told that. I didn't know anything about this. Okay, I never know she heard uh, voices or had visions." Um, but Andrea told her jail psychiatrist that she told Rusty prior to the conception of Mary that she didn't want to have sex because Doctor Starbranch quote quote had said that she might hurt the children. She claims that Rusty asserted his procreative religious beliefs, complimented her as a mother, and persuaded her that she could have more children. I wonder if that's true. I think it was. Yeah. I think it was. I think I remember hearing about like the court case, and it seems like Rusty was a very pushy, like, have more babies, have more babies, but have like, more babies. But, like, why, though? I don't know. It's just what he wanted. I mean... I feel like... You don't love your kids if you're that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, just from, like, hearing stories like this, Mm -hmm. like, why do you want so many children, especially if you know that there's something wrong with the mother? Right. Like, are you trying to prove a point? Mm -hmm. Are you trying to be, um... Some people are like that. They're, like, really religious people. It's just, like, what they think they're called to do is like is have a shit ton of kids yeah i I don't think that's anybody's calling yeah i mean i guess i could be wrong but like and to push your wife like no have more have more you can do it yeah you know what they always say is it takes a village to raise kids it takes more than just a mom Mm -hmm. to raise a bunch of kids like i was reading a, a post about how um like, women used to go wash their clothes together in the river or whatever, or the lake, mm-hmm. and they would, you know, socialize and, mm-hmm. you know, have that kind of connection. Yeah. And then, you know, when washer machines came about, mm-hmm. they uh, stopped having that time. And I so, read something about that, too. Yeah, someone on Facebook shared it. Um, and then they became really depressed, and, yeah. uh, you know, life was just different because they weren't having that social connection, which I know that's not like them raising the kids, but moms need an out. Yeah. You know, they do. They and if you have a shit ton of kids, it's so much harder for you to find someone to take care of your kids so you can go and do things. And I'm sure it's harder to find friends, too, because who oh, wants yeah. a friend that has five, six children that she has to bring along and the chaos that comes with yeah. that? And, you know, I mean, like Titus, I only have one kid. Yeah. And you feel like you've lost friends. Not just that, but it's like the friends that I, I do have, I feel like, I mean, not all of them. They're, I do yeah. have some really good friends, but it's like because Titus is like five kids in one right. small body, um, I feel like people are more reluctant to hang out with me because 
he is a lot. He's <laughs> and, a lot to handle. Yeah, and watching him is just kind of exhausting, and I can't really, like, do what I want to do with my friends because I have this little human who depends on me, mm-hmm. and even that gets lonely. I cannot imagine having, like, five kids yeah. because at least, like, five kids in one body yeah. is <laughs> easier to contain than five like, actual bodies, bodies running, running around. around. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Ugh. I... I can see how somebody would be extremely depressed. I, I definitely Me could. too. That's, Me too. That's a lot. I mean, I guess some people are kind of built for it. You know, my mom had six kids, and mm-hmm. she loved being a mom. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean she people did. people are, you know. Yeah. That's. My mom, I know she did get lonely, mm-hmm. and she did have her days. But overall, my mom really did like being a mother. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that, like, people who are dealing with a psychosis should or do feel happy being a mother that um me personally i think that could drive me into a deep depression like i am not about that life no thank you i've got my one i've got my stepdaughter i am good (laughs) (laughs) i cannot i can't either um so during her trials Andrea told her doctor that she waited for Rusty to leave for work that morning because she knew that he would have prevented her from hurting her from harming her children. Yeah, I wonder why. Doesn't that sound like premeditated that well obviously I mean it kinda was. She'd filled the bathtub for him. Well, you know, I think that there's um it's really hard to get an insanity plea mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Um because it's really hard to prove that someone's actually insane. Right. And they say that premeditation means not insane. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you can be in an insane mindset mm-hmm. and still, like, pre-plan a murder. Yeah. Because if you're not in the right headspace, mm-hmm. you still can plan something. If you think that it's, like, not wrong mm-hmm. or... Um, you think it's okay to do. Yeah. I mean, I feel like being insane, you can still plan something. Yeah. And also concealing something, too. I feel like insane people can also mm-hmm. conceal. Yeah. Because they say, if, also, if you conceal something, then it's not insane. But... Is there a dog scratching the door? I don't know. You want to check? <laughs> I guess. Hold on just a minute, guys. I know there's so much barking and scratching oh my in the gosh. <laughs> You can talk to the pup folks. I don't really have anything to say. Okay, are you serious? <laughs> oh my gosh. How did you guys get up here? Come on. Can they jump that fence? I don't know how they did it. Is it open? Yep, it's wide open. Oh. Wow, smart dog. Can you take them down, please? We're still in the middle of a podcast. Go down there with us. Sit on the couch. Oh my God. Go, go. We're so tired. We're in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> so tired. Literally getting to Let's go. Go down. 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 That was my 13-year-old and my two fur babies. I'm laughing on the inside because she was like, I'm too tired. But it's like, you're just going to sit on the couch. Go sit on the couch. I'm tired. (laughs) What? (laughs) Uh, Life with a preteen. 
Okay, so where were we? So, yeah, so told the doctor that she was, um, that she waited for him to leave that morning because he would have prevented her from doing that. Um, she also locked the family dog up to keep it from interfering with her plans. Yeah, he probably would have. I'm sure. He probably would have bitten her face off. Oh, yeah. You know? That is some pre-planning right there. Absolutely crazy. Um, Let's see. Getting into the trial, um, in March 2002, a jury rejected the insanity defense and found her guilty. Prosecution had sought the death penalty, but the jury refused that offer. So, so they, she's not insane, but they don't want her to die. Right. Okay. See that, that doesn't really make sense to me, but, uh, the court sentenced her to life in prison with a chance of parole after 40 years. So I wonder if she got the help she needed. Well, there's more to it. Oh God. Oh my. <laughs> that same year, Andrea and Rusty divorced. So Rusty. Um, yeah. I would divorce my wife too. Yeah. If she killed my kids. Rusty did go on to get married again. And I believe had one more child. So, but God. I believe his wife's the wife also divorced him. So. Could you do that? Like remarry and have another kid after five of your kids were murdered. <sighs> you know, I don't know. I couldn't. I, mean, I already know. <sighs> I could never, because I would have so much grief for the rest of my life about having five murdered children that looking at my alive child, it would be like, like, you know how there's survivor's guilt? Mm -hmm. Like if you're, you know, in the, like in a car crash and you're the sole survivor, Mm -hmm. um, there has to be a word for like that kind of situation where it's like that child didn't survive. Yeah. I mean, because it, it wasn't born yet. Oh my god. What'd she say? Quit. I mean, <laughs> yelling at the dogs. But I feel like there has to be a word for like looking at your new child that's alive yeah. and your old or your old children, yeah. your other children being dead. Yeah. And feeling a certain type of way about it. I'm sure. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I can see both sides of it because maybe having another child might kind of fill a void, you know. Can you really fill that void though? I mean even slightly. No. No, but maybe take your mind off of things. You know, you have this new child to nurture and love. And and you're also thinking, like, this child is my only child that's not dead. I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess it depends on your headspace. I just know for me, I if I if my child, God forbid, Ooh. that's thunder. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I just couldn't have any more kids. Mm-hmm. So they divorced in 05. That same year, the Texas Court of Appeals overturned the convictions, and Andrea was released on bail on the condition that she be admitted to a mental health facility. Crazy, right? So is she still in a mental she health facility? She yeah. is. That's good. She was then found reason uh, not guilty by reason of insanity by the state of Texas. Um, she was committed to the North Texas State Hospital Vernon campus. Um, she was moved in January 2007 to a lower security mental hospital called Kerrville State Hospital in Kerrville, Texas, where she remains to this day. God, I wonder I wonder if she feels guilty about it now. Like, I wonder how she feels about it now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
I don't know. I'm sure there's been more recent interviews and things like that. I don't know. I, I don't really know. I know. I mean, she's still there. Um, she did tell when she was in prison for however long that was. Mm-hmm. She told her psychiatrist that her children weren't righteous and that she was evil. Therefore, they were doomed to perish in the fires of hell. This is like some religious crazy, like... It's always scary to me when, like, these people, just like Jim jones right think that they are the savior of these people right right you know what i mean like i'm, I'm gonna, gonna kill you mm-hmm. so that to save you, you won't go to hell yeah yeah, yeah. i'm sorry guys i'm texting my child to please be quiet because i keep hearing her yell <laughs> okay so yeah there's that um currently still in kerrville i guess and we'll be I don't know how long. I I know this probably sounds like insensitive towards the children, mm-hmm. but I really hope she like gets the help she needs. Like I really hope that she can come out of whatever it is mm-hmm. and like lead a relatively normal life because I am so sad that her kids died, mm-hmm. but she also she is insane. Do you think she deserves to be there for the rest of her life? Oh, like, yeah. Okay. Even if she like uh, started taking medicine and like um functioning act, normally. Yeah, she became like a functioning human being. She still needs to be there. I think she needs to be there forever. I mean oh, there, yeah. she should never be allowed to see the light of society again or have more children, God forbid. You yeah. Know? No more children no, for she sure. She needs to be there forever. Well if she were to get out, you know she would stop taking her medicine at some point yeah. and then it would be something similar might would happen or it could be like she kills random people. Who knows what would happen? Yeah. But I do hope that she can be in a right state of mind mm-hmm. in the mental health, whatever. But Well, this was a long time ago. So I, I need to do some research and kind of, like, see how she is now. You know what I mean? I, I also want her to live with that guilt, though. Right, right. Like, I want her to realize what she did. Yeah. How could you not? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. This shit's mind-blowing to me. It is. It so is. <clears throat> so, yeah. That was heartbreaking. Had you so ever sad. heard Andrea Um, I've heard of the mom drowning her kids in the bathtub, but I really didn't go too much into it. So basically yeah. all that information was new to me. Well, cool. I'm glad I And I also thought it was new. like three kids and not five. Yeah, it was five. I, yeah, I remember when it happened. I mean, I was young. What, what year did we say it was? 2001? So yeah, I would have been like 15, but... Uh, yeah, you were. You I were was five. five. <laughs> yeah. If I'm right about that, 2001. Yeah, it was 2001. So Can yeah, you believe that. That's weird to think too. Is that when you were 15, I was five? Because <laughs> I feel like we're stuff. like so close now. I know, but we're but like so far apart. When I was age. 15 and five, we wouldn't have probably been besties. <laughs> no, no, we that's were not. Weird. <laughs> it is weird. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's all on that case, guys. Um, There's about to be a boom. Sorry. And uh, we'll go ahead and get to part two. So, Okay, so I'm not going to tell you the name of mine. I think you probably know it. Probably most people listening know it because you'll see whenever I start. But uh, let me ask you this. Yeah. Do we need to, like, turn it off and then, like, go into part two like we did with the other one? Oh, the thunder. And no, just because the only reason, well, do you want to? I'm gonna smoke. All right, we'll be back, guys. <laughs>
We can cut that part out and just. <coughs> oh, that cough was the first thing. Oh. The recording. Corona. Yes. <laughs> okay, we're back. And uh, I can't remember what I said about this, but um, I'm sure that a lot of you do know this. But um, a, a lot of you probably don't. So, um, so my story starts um, on December 21st, 2010, when someone called You Only Wish 500 uploaded a video to YouTube. Um, in this video, uh, there was a hooded man putting two cats into a plastic bag and using a vacuum to suck all the air out. No. So a lot of you probably uh, realize what this is with that sentence, but... Um, I have no idea what this is. Okay. I don't like it already. Well, you don't watch TV, so... Uh. Um, so, um, obviously, this caused a lot of outrage um, because uh, that was a cat murder on God. YouTube that people witnessed. Um, so, the very next day, a group of animal lovers created a Facebook page called Find the Vacuum Killer Kitten. Or, oh, <laughs> actually... <laughs> wrote that backwards it's a vacuum kitten killer oh no i've never heard of this it's it's actually pretty crazy um i didn't write down a lot of like uh there's so much that kind of goes into it and it's actually pretty fucking insane which is why there's a documentary about it um they used this group to try and find the man responsible for posting this video because um, you only wish 500 like the channel didn't have anything uploaded besides that video and um, the only thing that he had liked was a movie trailer for the movie Catch Me If You Can. Mm. Have you ever seen that movie? No but I mean that makes sense. I love that movie. It has uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in it and he's basically just uh, writing like fraudulent checks and um he impersonates a lot of different people like um and i think it's important to kind of explain this movie if you've never seen it because it does play a kind of uh it's very similar to what this dude does but um he impersonates a doctor like he forges a a degree Mm -hmm. and um worked at a hospital (laughs) like pretending to be a doctor wow he pretended to be um a pilot for a plane um, There's a lot of stuff he did. Um, nobody actually really knew who he was because mm-hmm. he was pretending to be so many different people. Um, weeks later, the same man from the first video uploaded another video, and it was of him, like, showing off those dead kittens <gasps> and, like, oh, moving them around, just kind of like, ha-ha, here's the kittens I killed, and oh. you can't do anything about it. How, like, can police not track this person, like ip address i know he did change his ip address he was able to alter it um we'll get more into that later yeah in my story because um he was a very sneaky person wow um so that same year in late november early wait maybe or I don't know. Maybe the next year. I don't really know. Mm. It says it started December 21st, 2010, but I guess I didn't get a date for that. Um, But anyways, another video was posted called One Cat, One Python, 
Ugh. where you can see a man wearing a Santa hat and feeding a cat to a python. What the hell? And the cat was alive. Oh my god. Yeah. I cannot deal with this already. Uh, later, another video was posted of a cat duct taped to a broomstick and being drowned underwater <gasps> in a bathtub by the same man. What the fuck? Why is he doing this? Because he's a sick fuck. Just cats? Yeah, so Aww. far. Um, they're, so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, all, I mean, I, I feel like all animal killers eventually end up killing humans, so. Yeah. Um, so the cool thing about this story is that that same group were like dedicated to finding out who this man was because there's nothing the police could do about it. Yeah. Um, so that group called find the vacuum kitten killer. Mm -hmm. Um, they eventually, they were saying like, if you've watched the documentary, don't fuck with cats. Um, they ended up, like, that group was kind of too chaotic, um, so they ended up creating an 11-member group called the Animal Beta Project, or Beta, the Animal Beta Project, <laughs> or the AB Project, um, and they created that in 2011 with the goal of stopping the killer before he kills another animal or a human. Um, so here's a quote from... AB project member John Green, he said um, about the cat being drowned underwater. He said he was basically saying, look, I've done it again. You're not going to catch me. Another quote um, is, we felt he would continue that he would harm other animals and eventually move on to something even more violent, like hurting a person. Um, the... Amateur sleuths analyzed the kitten killing videos frame by frame. They claim that furnishings and the kitten's killer's clothing in the video are the same as those in other images of a um, man named Luca Magnata, who was, um, they got an anonymous tip from, mm -hmm. I guess it was on uh, Facebook, saying that it was Luca Magnata. Mm-hmm. Where is where does this take place? In a lot of different places. Um, the web sleuths are all over the United States, and Luca Magnata lives in um, Canada. Okay, I was going to say it sounds like a foreign name. Yeah, well, that's not his. Well, I guess it is his real name, but it wasn't his birth name. Gotcha. We'll get more into that later. Um, so, um, through the Secret AB Project group, they discovered a lot of information about Magnata. Um, although they struggled to track down his physical location, the AB Project had been using, um, <laughs> it's like GIF, but it's like EXIF, I guess, mm -hmm. um, which stands for Exchangeable Image File. Mm -hmm. Um... And they were using this to, uh, like, on the pictures that Magnata would post online. Uh, and it would, tell, it would tell them when and where the photos were taken. Mm -hmm. uh, so I guess I'm going to talk to you a little bit about Luca Magnata. Yeah. So Luca Magnata was born Eric Clinton Kirk Newman 
um, on July 4th, 1982 to his parents, Anna Yorkin and Donald Newman in uh, Scarborough, um, Ontario. Mm-hmm. Um, according to Newman, his mother was cruel and would lock the children out of the house and even froze their pet rabbits to death in a freezer. Oh. Uh, his father was diagnosed with schizophrenia and later divorced um, Magnata's mother, causing him to move in with his grandmother, Phyllis. Um, Magnata began making appearances in pornographic videos and became a stripper and an escort. Wow. Um, in t- 2005, he was featured as a pinup model in Toronto's Fab magazine. Hmm. And in 2007, he competed in Out TV's reality series, Cover Guy, but was unsuccessful. Um, actually in the documentary you see like his tryout for it Mm -hmm. and you can tell he's just a cocky fuck who thinks that he is just the coolest motherfucker on the face of the planet and um one of the judges was like i don't know he's not really like big enough like bulky enough and he's like oh i mean i can like uh you know change that like when i put my mind to something i like can do it and they were like huh is this like an attractive man no, he looks like a fucking dweeb. Oh. Um, so after he was unsuccessful because I guess he was too ugly, <laughs> um, he had multiple plastic surgeries. Wow. And then auditioned for plastic makes by Slice, by the Slice Net, oh my God, by the Slice Network in February of 2008. Okay. Um, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about his early criminal activity because. It sounds like this dude just really wants to be famous. That's the whole premise of this, that he just wants to be famous because it gets really wacky. Wow. So in 2005, uh, Magnata was charged with one count of impersonation of a woman in which he applied for a credit card charging over $10,000 on things. Um, He was also charged with three counts of fraud. Um, After pleading guilty, Magnata received a nine-month conditional sentence with 12 months of probation. Um, on August of uh, 2006, Magnata officially changed his name to Luca Rocco Magnata. Wow. Um, over the course of several years, Magnata created multiple profiles on various social media and discussion forums in order to create different rumors and claims about himself because he just wants to be famous. Yeah. In 2007, one sinister claim emerged stating that Magnata was dating Carla Homolka. Yeah. And if you guys don't know who she is, uh, oh. we're going to cover her eventually. Yes, so we are. Just know that she's a convicted Canadian murderer. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yes. Um, but Magnata denied this rumor and even met with the Toronto Sun to clear the rumor. But we all know that he's the one that claimed the rumor. <laughs> or created, my bad. Um, I think he just used that to, uh, like, be in the public. Spotlight. Yeah. yeah, to kind of just be like, um, I'm going to go to this, um, what was it, the Toronto Sun, okay. and um, pretend like <laughs> I didn't create this rumor, first of all, and that I would never date a murderer, <laughs> even though uh, he's a freak. Mm. I need, like, an image of this dude. I'm definitely Googling after this is over. <laughs> Go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, the police stated that Magnata had created at least 70 different Facebook profiles and 20 different websites under various names. And so, like, these were the ones, like, creating rumors and talking about 
Hems- Magnata. Yeah. Yeah, because like when the web suits were like searching up who the fuck is Luca or Luca Magnata, yeah. they saw a lot of like news and stuff about him and they're like, who the fuck is this freak? Like I've never heard of him. Right. And so like, it was all fabricated by Luca. Like, wow. and then they found, uh, like, there were a lot of pictures of him meeting famous people or, like, him out having a great time with a lot of different people. And they were able to uh, decipher that they were all photoshopped. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I'm looking at him right now. I guess these are all, like, after plastic, plastic surgery because he looks very plastic. Yeah. I also would absolutely think he was gay. He was not gay? Um, He was gay, yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. Yep. I was going to say, this is not... He was a a gay prostitute, a gay escort. I guess I should have mentioned that because... um, Okay. I guess you'd be kind of confused about the murder. Yeah. Well, looking at him, I can... You know, I just assumed. Yeah. I'm like, well, why was he dating Carla Homolka? But clearly... Just because she's a fucking serial killer. Right. Whatever. Um... (laughs) Um, so let's go back to current in 2011 after all the videos had been posted and the videos had been sent to the police by the AB project. Um, the Sun in London wrote and published a story about the kitten killer, but Magnata shows up to deny being involved in the kitten killings videos. The story never suggested that Magnata was the killer. Hmm. Uh, reporter Alex West describes the behavior as highly suspicious, which, duh. Yeah. Uh, West wrote, but behind the nu- the denials, it seemed he was getting some sort of bizarre pleasure out of the attention. Well, yeah, you think? Yeah. Ugh. Uh, two days later, threatening emails are sent to the son's office, um, believed to be from Magnata. Um, it said, next time you hear from me, it will be in a movie I'm producing that will have some humans in it, not just pussies, the email says. Um, the wow. the London police are notified, but says it, but they say it was out of their jurisdiction because I don't know why. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> because he went to the Sun in London, so why would it be out of their jurisdiction? Right. Um, I hate this guy. Yeah, <laughs> me too. He's a <clears throat> fucking dude. You should actually watch the documentary because, like, he sounds like a fucking douche canoe yeah but like actually watching him yeah it's so beyond infuriating because he he does not give a shit about anything but himself yeah um what's the documentary called don't fuck with cats it's on netflix okay yeah i I may watch that tonight (laughs) you should and it's actually very well done like you know sometimes documentaries can be kind of boring yeah it's not at all like it it keeps you on your toes the whole entire time okay um, in 2012, the investigators with the AB project received a tip that Magnata might be in Montreal. The members started looking through their archive of Magnata's pictures to try and find any clues as to where he might be in Montreal or, you know, if he's even there. Um, one streetlight in specific caught their attention and they began to systematically go through streets on Montreal and Google Street View to find the matching streetlight. Um... Because the streetlight, like, looked different than other streetlights. Like, yeah. it was a very unique one. Mm-hmm. So, um, they knew that probably somewhere in some town they yeah. could find it. Huh. Um, they some serious investigating work. Dude, they, like, they were so dead. Like, so how they figured out, um, like, kind of where his location was, yeah. was um, in the video where he uh, was 
sucking the air out of the bag, uh-huh. killing the kittens. Um, the vacuum he used was only like sold in North America. So they knew he had to be in North America somewhere. Wow. And then a pack of cigarettes he had, uh, I really don't remember, but they were specific to location too. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, they found the exact match in a neighborhood in Montreal. Uh, while they're virtually searching the streets um, in Montreal, Magnata's blog posts are focusing in on necrophilia and sedatives because they're keeping a close eye on anything that could be Magnata. Mm-hmm. Uh, May 15th through the 16th in 2012, over the course of two days from... Why did I write that twice? Um, over the course of two days... Uh, um, Repeated references are made online to a new video. One lunatic, one ice pick. Mm. Um, but it hasn't been posted yet. There's just like, there will be this video or whatever. Right. Um, <clears throat> on one site, a user asked, where can I watch the one lunatic, one ice pick video? Uh, Ryan Boyle, a former soldier who started a Facebook group looking for the kitten killer, believes this is similar to earlier patterns where Magnata would build buzz about a video via aliases before actually releasing the video. Mm-hmm. So it's just to get people's attention. Like, what is this? What is this? I'm going to Google it. And then, you know, when it's actually there, they're going to be like, oh, my God, I want to watch this because what is it? Oh, my gosh. So let's dwell it or dwell, d- delve, delve, delve into the video one lunatic one ice pick so may 25th 2012 a video titled one lunatic one ice pick is posted where you can see someone bound and laying on a bed seemingly alive and then they eventually go lifeless no but he's just on the bed by himself um magnata then starts stabbing the corpse with an <gasps> ice pick and then dismembering the corpse with a <gasps> knife there are Oh, excuse me. There are also acts of necrophilia and cannibalism. Oh. And there's a dog. <gasps> the dog is important. The dog. I don't think the dog died, but oh, he let the dog chew all over the dead That's body. That's disgusting. Yeah. And this is, like, pre-recorded, like, put on the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, so, May 29th. Uh, 2012, the Conservative Party HQ in Ottawa calls the police after receiving a package with a severed foot inside. (gasps) The package was bloodstained and had a foul smell. It was also marked with a red heart. Later, another package containing a hand was intercepted in a Canada Post processing facility addressed to the Liberal Party. Uh, A janitor discovered a decomposing torso and a suitcase in a garbage pile behind an apartment building in the Snowden. Snowden? It's S-N-O-W-D-O-N. Snowden? Yeah. Uh, In the Snowden area in Montreal. Uh... In June 2012, the victim was finally identified as June Lynn. June Lin. Yes. Is this a female or a male? A male. He's um, from Wuhan, China. Um, He was an international student from Wuhan and an undergraduate in the engineering and computer science faculty of Cordonia University. Mm -hmm. Uh, He worked part-time at a convenience store at Point St. Charles and had recently moved in with a friend. Um, He was last seen on May 24th, 2012, and his friends reported getting a text message from his phone at 9 p.m. His boss became suspicious when he did not show up for his shift the next day. 
uh, three of his friends went into his apartment on May 27th, and then he was reported missing to police on May 29th. Mm-hmm. So four days after he had been murdered. So I want to know how this guy got mixed up with Magnata. I'm about to tell you. So, um, I guess the um, the the web sleuths knew um, that there was the dog in the video. Mm-hmm. So what they did was is they figured because this was a male that. Um, Magnata probably would be posing as like, um, I want a dog or mm-hmm. something like that, like on Craigslist or whatever. They ended up finding um, a post that was like, I don't remember if it was searching for a dog or like trying to sell a dog. Uh-huh. I think it, he was searching for a dog. Um, oh, man, don't tell me the guy had a dog. And like, <laughs> well, um, his, um, you know what? Let me take that back. I know at one point I should have wrote that part down, but I know at one part they did find him about searching for a dog and then, and on critics list and they were able to match his handwriting or not his handwriting, but the way he types and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe for June Lin, I think it was like him posing as like, uh, a well, I guess he was at one point, but he was acting like he wanted, you know, sex. Okay. And so June Lin probably, you know, not really knowing much, you know, a lot of people in the United States or even where to, you know, get that kind of thing. Maybe he did go on Craigslist and was like, yeah, I'm down for a BJ. Okay. the dog is this lucas or i don't even remember okay there's a dog and it's eating the guy it's just chewing on his body that is terrible yeah my god oh and i don't remember if it survived or not part of me feels like it probably did or probably didn't Mm. i can't remember i should have looked that up um so after searching the scene um you know in that garbage pile Mm mm-hmm Behind the apartment, um, police recovered recovered human remains, bloody clothes, papers identifying the suspect. Yes, that's right, Luca Magnata. Throw away his, um, you know, license and shit that said Luca Magnata. With the body? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Dumbass. Actually, I don't know if he did that on purpose or not. Like, he may have wanted the credit for it. I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah. I was going to say, maybe be a little more careful if you're going to throw a body in the garbage, you know? I mean, I feel like if you're throwing a body in the garbage anyways, you're just begging to get caught. Because yeah. what do you think? Like, yeah, garbage smells fucking awful, but it doesn't smell like a, a rotting corpse. body. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, There were also sharp and blunt objects uh, found in the back alley. Uh, footage from surveillance cameras inside the building showed a suspect bringing numerous garbage bags outside, and the images matched the suspect who was captured on video at the post office. Hmm. Trying to send the, you know... Body parts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, at this point, I feel like he's, like, wanting to get caught. Yeah, he probably does. Well, I don't even... I don't think he wants to get caught. God, I'm sorry. I keep burping. Uh, I think he just wants the credit. Yeah. 
I don't think a lot of them want to get caught. They just want you to know that they're the ones doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, at 11.33 p.m., police searched um, apartment 208 of the 5720 Dicari Boulevard. I don't know how to pronounce that. It's got a over the E. Mm-hmm. Uh, which Magnata was renting. He had moved in four months prior and his rent was paid up to June 1st. The apartment had been mostly emptied before he left, but blood was found on different items, including the mattress, the refrigerator, the table, and the bathtub. Um, in red ink on the inside of a closet was, um, I guess Magnata had wrote, if you don't like the reflection, don't look in the mirror. I don't care. Hmm. Like, cool, bro. <laughs> cool. Hmm. You're cool for doing that. Um, on May 30th, 2012, it was confirmed that the body parts belong to the same individual later identified as Junlin, as we already said, but, um, the suspect in the case was quickly identified as McNada, who had by then fled. Um, a note was found with a package sent to the conservative party saying six body parts had been distributed and the perpetrator would kill again. The other three packages also contained notes, but their contents were undisclosed by police who cited their concerns about possible copycat crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, June 5th, 2012, a package containing a right foot was delivered to St. George's School and another package containing a right hand to False Creek Elementary School in Ugh. Vancouver, British Columbia. What? Yeah. Um, it was confirmed that both packages were sent from Montreal. And you know what I just want to know? What? I feel like it's very hard to um, not show that there is a severed hand or a severed foot inside of a box. Yeah. So what the fuck is with this mail system? Right. One of them were intercepted, but there was three other ones. That went to where they were. Where they were supposed to go, yeah. Oh, God, that's disgusting. Plus, you know it has to stink so yeah. bad. Unless you had it just, like, super wrapped up, like... I think you could still smell it. Ugh. I don't know. Ugh. Gross. Yeah. I... There's something wrong. They're like, I don't know what's in this, but oh well, it's my yeah. job to deliver it. I mean, Lord. Yeah, and, like, I, I mean, I don't know what time of the year this was, but, like, imagine it sitting in the back of, a, like, a hot truck, like... Ugh. This was in June. Oh, my God. But it was also, like, in... So, one was delivered in Vancouver. Yeah. So I don't know what kind of weather they have during June, but I don't know. Uh, June 13th, the four limbs and the, tor- and the torso were matched to Lynn using DNA samples from his family. Uh, July 1st, his head was recovered at the edge of a small lake in Montreal's uh, Agrignon Park after police received an anonymous tip. Lynn's body was cremated on July 11th and his ashes were buried on July 26th at Notre is it Notre Dame or Notre Dame? Notre Dame. Notre, you don't know? I, I would say Dame, but... Some, so, some kind of cemetery in Montreal. Uh, so, now, um, Magnata had flew to, um, God, I can't remember where he flew, but he ended up in Berlin and they were able to see him on a video camera in the airport actually leaving. So they knew that he, you know, did leave. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> he was issued an arrest warrant and was later apprehended by Berlin police at an internet cafe 
because this narcissistic fuck was literally Googling stories about himself, like Uh, reading news articles about uh, his murder and... (laughs) My God. You just have to have the biggest pair of balls in the world to go to an internet cafe where there are other people. Yeah. And uh, read stories about murdering someone about yourself. Yeah. Like, what if somebody were to walk by and be like, huh, huh, they look very similar. Yeah. And actually, that's kind of what did happen. The, uh, like, the guy, I guess, who was running the shop at the time or the mm-hmm. cafe at the time recognized him and told the police. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like this guy is very ballsy. <laughs> Ballsy or just so narcissistic and about himself that it's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, I think that's how it goes typically. I think that they are just like they think they're invincible. You know, yeah. they're like, I'm never gonna get caught. Like, <sighs> they all think that, and they all mostly it's get caught. Stupid. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, who thinks that? You think you're that smart that you're gonna outsmart everybody? Right. Like, you're an idiot. Nope. You're not that cool. <sighs> So, Magnata was uh, charged on first-degree murder, offering indignities to a human body, disturbing unseen, obscene materials, and using postal services to distribute obscene materials Oh, and uh, criminal harassment, which I don't really know what that means. Do you? No. Okay. Criminal harassment? Yeah. Maybe it's harassment because he sent body parts to oh duh yeah duh. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like sense. that's harassment right yeah Oof. Oof. um and you'll never believe this oh no magnata pleaded not guilty no he did not he admitted to the crime he was accused of but under diminished responsibility due to mental disorders uh, like save it aren't they all give me a break like you're a fucking monster is what you are yeah um, during the trial, defense attorney Luke LeClaire argued that Magnata was in a psychotic state at the time the crimes were committed and couldn't be held responsible for what he did. But the Crown Prosecutor, which I guess like in London, mm-hmm. uh, they had like, you know how we have like the state versus the whatever. The state, I guess, is more like the Crown mm-hmm. in London, or I don't know. Anyways, the Crown prosecutor argued that June Lynn's murder was organized and premeditated and that Magnata was purposeful, mindful, ultra-organized, and ultimately responsible for his actions. Uh, Magnata was found guilty on all charges and was sentenced to a mandatory life imprisonment and will be eligible for parole in 25 years. Oh. He was also sentenced to 19 years for other charges and they are to be served concurrently. Wow. I also have a list of his mental health, if you would like to hear it. Yeah. So there were one, two, three, four, five, six doctors. Um, One appointed independently, two by the crown, and three by the defense. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Roy diagnosed Magnata with... um, borderline personality disorder with historic traits and i meant to look up what historic traits means do you yeah, i don't know what that means either are you sure that it's historic his is mm, histrionic. histrionic histrionic 
one of them says histrionic one of them says historic histrionic i'm familiar with um I, I thought it was histrionic when you said I that. I could have just mistyped it. So histrionic, it's actually a personality personality disorder also. Yeah, he's diagnosed with that on here with another okay. doctor. So that's a mental health condition that affects the way a person thinks, perceives, and relates to others. Um, abuse and instability during childhood may increase risk. So that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was histrionic. Yeah. Oops. Um, so borderline histrionic. Yeah. Um, histrionic traits, though. Okay. That's with the first doctor. <clears throat> the second doctor, Dr. Paris, um, diagnosed him with just borderline personality disorder. Um, Dr. Chamberlain uh, diagnosed him with antisocial personality disorder, histrionic mm-hmm. personality disorder personality disorder and narcissistic personality oh, absolutely disorder. that sounds the most accurate li- yeah. yeah uh dr allard uh diagnosed him with paranoid schizophrenia wow dr watts uh diagnosed him with schizophrenia histrionic personality disorder and borderline personality traits and paraphilia do you know what that is paraphilia i meant to look that up to you well i can tell you let's see that's just so crazy that so many, you know, doctors have different opinions on so what they. Many, yeah. I would think that he definitely would have to have BPD and the histrionic. BPD, like, they don't typically kill people. Well, They're <laughs> most likely to kill themselves out of all mental disorders. But well, only one of them diagnosed <clears throat> him with BPD. But just because he has BPD doesn't mean that that's the reason why he yeah, did kill. the way he. Yeah. Okay. So what you said, paraphilia, right? Yeah. So it's known as sexual perversion and sexual deviation is the experience of intense sexual arousal arousal to atypical objects, situations, fantasies, behaviors, or individuals. So basically he was doing this fucked up shit and like getting off on it. Most serial killers are like that. Yuck. Uh, I think that's what BTK has too. Yeah. I think so. Uh, I would say that that's pretty accurate since he, you know, had sex with a corpse gross yeah and god who knows what else like he i mean like he obviously saved those dead kittens like yeah. probably getting off to that too That's so not gross. to the kittens but the fact that he had the power over the kittens and right. killed them right i uh, probably screwing the kittens too Sick <laughs> fucking fuck. hope not Ugh. uh where was i at I did Dr. Allard diagnose, diagnose him with paranoid schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I was on Dr. Watts. Uh, Dr. Barth um, diagnosed him with just paranoid schizophrenia. Yeah. So. I mean, clearly this is a very fucked up individual. I mean, all of them, every single one of them diagnosed him with something. Well, yeah. I mean, he's not a normal human being, you know. Yeah. I mean, not saying that people with mental illness are not normal human beings, um, but well, a lot of this, besides like BPD, um, all of that's pretty fucking like serious. Yeah. yeah. Like even narcissistic personality disorder mm-hmm. like that to me, I, I have a hard time believing that all serial killers don't have it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's the thing that makes them kill along mm-hmm. with BPD, but I think it can contribute. Yeah, absolutely. Like if he just had narcissistic personality disorder, mm-hmm. I don't think he would be a killer. I think he would just be super into himself. Yeah. Well, that he was. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, in the documentary, they um, they think that um, Magnata was trying to reenact a movie, which I can't. I'm so bad. I should have fucking researched that too and wrote it down. Um, but he was basically trying to reenact a movie about like a girl who like killed her lover and mm-hmm. like didn't get caught by the police. So another like almost like a copycat thing. Like. Yeah, like he took influence heavily from it. Yeah. Um, and like uh, when he was arrested and like in the interrogation room, you would think that this motherfucker would just be like, "I didn't do it," and like just kind of trying to be above everything. But he was so calm. All he kept doing was asking for a cigarette. And then at one point he was like, can I have a blanket? I'm so cold. Like, bitch, shut the fuck. Nobody gives a fuck. Freeze. <laughs> Freeze. And die. you're not having a cigarette. Like They did give him a cigarette oh, and a blanket because they have to. All right. I think they gave him a drink too. But uh, that just pissed me off because it's like nobody fucking cares how comfortable you are. You murdered a human being right. who obviously had a lot of potential in life and you just went and you fucked him right up this 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 case really just like the amount of effort that he had to go through like creating all the different profiles and the different discussion forum that's a fucked up dude yeah like what free time where did he work what did he do yeah like if he had his own apartment he had to be making money i mean i guess when I googled to see his face, it lists his, lists him as a Canadian model. So that can't. I don't think he was ever a model, though. I mean, I think he was featured in that one magazine, but other than that, yeah, I don't know what he was doing. I think in the in the documentary, uh, it does talk about him being a prostitute. So maybe that's how he was making money, or yeah. by prostitute sex worker. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I've got to look at this guy, though. <laughs> you just have to look at him. Yes. It is so plastic. Lord, I want to see, like, what he looked like before all the surgery. There's probably no proof of that ever, anywhere. Right. Like, as, you know, narcissistic as he is, he probably wants that erased yeah. forever. Yeah, I'm really not seeing anything. Mm. And who knows how many of those pictures are actually him because he would like photoshop his face onto different bodies such a weirdo such a weirdo oh man there's crime scene photos too yeah oof yeah is this a hotel or is this his home it's an apartment building okay oh my gosh oh yeah the crime scene photos are pretty gnarly which we will post some of them with a viewer discretion in the beginning so that people don't unwillingly see it. Oh, that's so sad. Wow. Um, I also did read that um, it was a, it started like a thing with China where they thought it was like racially motivated mm-hmm. and like their people weren't safe here, you know, in America, Yeah, which I totally understand. Right. But I don't think it was racially motivated. I think he just he just found the the first the person to kill or the first person who came to him he killed him. Yeah. He's a monster. Mm-mm-mm. Well, I that's all the information I have. <laughs> well, that was a good one. That's very disturbing. Something I'd never heard before. So, 
Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I did not do it justice, though. Like, seriously, and all of you who have not watched it on Netflix, um, I've heard a lot of people say they don't want to watch it because they can't stand the thought of, like, seeing cats die. Oh, yeah. You don't see it happen. You see him about to do it, but they cut the video before he can actually do anything. Like, you see him putting the kittens into the bag. Isn't that crazy how so many people, like, they can't see, like, animal abuse, but they're like, oh, this person in this movie dies, no big deal. Dude, okay. (laughs) So that's a huge thing with me, because, like, I'll listen to podcasts, and they'll be like, and then he slit her throat so her head was almost decapitated, (laughs) and there was blood everywhere, and then he punched her till her head came off, and then the little (laughs) daughter walked in, and then he stabbed her, too. Oh, yeah, and then he, like, you know, uh, killed the dog. And they're like, no! The dog! No. Yeah. Not the dog. That's me. I swear to God. Like, I can't handle it. Not like, me. <laughs> Not just because I'm not an animal person, but like... No, it is. It's like a real thing. Like, watching a movie or something, like, these people die. And it's like, oh, man, that sucks, you know? And then the dog dies. Like, oh, no. Like, I'm depressed for, like, a week. Like, we can't. No, not me. <laughs> I'm just like, the dog's barking because he's killing them. And I'm like, can you just take care of the dog real fast? I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't think that. <laughs> terrible i mean when it came down to it i'd rather him kill the dog than you know the people right i mean i guess not really i don't know the (laughs) wife so you'd rather the wife and the daughter die no of course not but no like can we rather not like no dog deserves to die either yeah Alyssa is not an animal person but i don't want them dead don't think that i I would never kill an animal or it just doesn't affect her like it does some people like i just don't have the same kind of connection to animals that a lot of people do i do i'd rather just like animal like i'm much more of an animal person than i am a people person so i am neither but like animals are like my soul (laughs) i mean i guess it sucks either way but i don't know i just think that i value human life more than animal lives Uh i understand well i guess that's it with episode two hope you guys enjoyed hopefully we're getting better as episodes go on yes um i guess leave us some feedback in our facebook group which is called for god's sake don't drink the jones juice Mm -hmm. um and you can follow our instagram at uh don't drink the jones juice yes all together no spaces no you know all together uh, yes and uh, i guess eventually we'll make a twitter and probably a website too uh but right now we're just we're starting slow we're trying really hard to get the, we don't even have our official image as yeah. we're recording this so right. we're just but we've got a lot of interest so that's super exciting we just made our facebook page yesterday or day before yeah. And there's already like 400 members, which is yeah, super almost exciting. And people we don't even know that want to hear us. That's so exciting. I know. I'm thrilled. I cannot wait for you guys to hear these. Hopefully they're and not boring. Hopefully you don't think we suck. I know. Um, I, I We sound pretty awkward in the beginning of these because it's super awkward to start a podcast. But mm-hmm. I'm, we're both hoping that'll get better. <laughs> we'll get better. On. I promise. We're, we have to come up with an intro somehow. Oh, yeah. Thank you all for your support, though. It really means the world, and we're super, super excited about this. Yes. So, um, for God's sake, don't drink the Jones juice.